it. I like that okay. callback. Yep, that was good. That was good. Lots of people in our text enjoying the shout out to uh, to random cities that's happening on our show today, and that happens on pretty much every show I'm on. We're like the Matt Devlin of of radio and hockey. Shout yes. out every single city. Shout out Port Colbert. That's where my grand my nono is from. Shout, shout out, out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Christina Lake, BC, home ah. of Kevin Sawyer. Our next guest. Bring him in. Kevin, how you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Hey, I have a no-no. My no-no is from Trail, just an hour from Christine Lake in BC, representing the Italian family there. I like it. I like it. The last time, I have to tell this story quickly, Kevin, because the last time I saw the lovely individual on the other end of the phone, he was hightailing it out of a bar in St. John, New Brunswick. We were, I, I have to tell this story, Kevin, I'm sorry to out you like this, but the Memorial Cup, one of the best events you can work if, if you're a person in hockey because it, it is a rare tournament where there's one game a day. So we found ourselves very often at this bar downtown, St. John, called uh, Churchill's, and they had great bacon-wrapped scallops, and they had this cool kind of very East Coast vibey feel. And on the third floor... Apparently, it's an older building, and it's by the ocean, so you can expect the occasional rodent to fly by. It is kind of what it is. Um, Kevin, not... You're not easing into this. No, I'm not easing into this. It's exactly how I have to bring you in. And Kevin, the I've watched so many of your fights on YouTube over the years, and it was like one of the best sights I've ever seen to see Kevin hop up on a chair to avoid the mouse. And then when the mouse <laughs> reappeared... Promptly kicked his chair and exited the bar. One of the most, it was just one of the best scenes I've ever, I've ever witnessed. And we had Craig Button on earlier and Kevin, like, do you remember Craig was trying to egg us all into like buying guinea pigs or buying mice or something at a pet store and and tricking you with them? We had dinner the next night as a group, a bunch of the TSN people and he bought me gifts. And he got everybody's attention to thank you, bring the attention to the fact that he got me a mouse trap. He got, I can't remember all the things that he got me, but <laughs> right. I can't tell you. So being a tough guy on all the teams I've played on, every time we have a gag gift, like a, a Christmas gag gift party, I grew to expect the fact that, okay, they're going to get me a live mouse in a Tupperware jar. It's happened so many times before. It's <laughs> like, I can't handle it. <laughs> well, speak. It's funny because uh, we were just uh, speaking of like Nona's earlier. My Nona, deathly afraid of snakes. And I remember as a kid being like four or five years old, having like a stuffed pet snake. And all of my cousins at like Christmas would find it hilarious just to throw it at her and watch her freak <laughs> out. It was fake. It was yeah. stuffed. It was 100% a stuffed animal. But she still would just freak right out. It was it was really funny. To be honest. Very mean, but yeah. it was funny. There it is. Uh, we're off to a great start. <laughs> I like we it. are. I like we it. are. Well, it's. I mean, it, it's a heated rivalry. I mean, it's. It's going to be on the ice. We might as well keep it a little rivalry off the ice as well. Uh, we're chatting with Kevin Sawyer, former NHLer and TSN Jets color analyst. And look, there's been a lot of fireworks over the last few meetings that these two teams have uh, have squared off. You, you expected much of the same tonight? I expect it to be the same, but different in the sense that. Uh, it's going to be intense. It's going to be physical. I I think what matters here most is is these two teams. In a lot of ways, it's like looking into a mirror where their strengths are the same, where they they can score. They've got high-end talent. They're a team that wants to play fast. Every team wants to play fast, but these two teams play fast. And I I, I think that the, the physical part of the game is going to come organically. That's going to be a byproduct of the fact that these guys are going to want to make the other team chase. And I'm excited about this one. I mean, you get excited about every game, 
lucky to be in the National Hockey League day to day. But this one, this one could be special. Two teams that are elite, two teams at the top of the uh, of the league, and I think that it, there's so much that each team is going to learn about each other. Particularly the Jets, where they haven't really been on their game the last five or six games, with the exception of their Penguins game. Um, so I think that they they understand that the, the margin for error is slight tonight, and it's going to be physical. It'll be fast, but I don't think it's going to be the gloves hitting the ice like it has been in the past. Yeah, fair enough. We're with Kevin Sawyer right now, does color for the Jets on our TSN broadcast. And we were talking to Craig earlier about Rick Bonus and the impact he's had on this group this year with this major turnaround. We haven't had a chance to talk to you about it, though. What have you observed in, in uh, the past year that Bonus has been their head coach? Good question. You know, I, in 1999, Rick was the assistant for Bobby Francis in Phoenix for the Coyotes at the time. And I was there for about a month, month and a half. And, and I can clearly remember Rick Bonus, And he was the same then as he is now. And, and what, surpri- what surprises me about that a little bit is coaches have had to adapt because the players in the league have adapted. It's got to become a much younger league. Uh, you've got to deal with your best players now being 19, 20, 21, 22 versus 28, 29, 30. Rick is who he is. He is just a maritimer that wants to treat people fairly, but he's firm and honest. He is, he's going to tell you how it is, good or bad, even if it hurts. And so when I talked to Rick when he first uh, got to Winnipeg and they were at training camp, and I asked him priority number one for this team. And he said it's got nothing to do with on-ice stuff. He goes, we need to get this room right that last year's room was full of a bunch of good guys, but the room was not good. And I mean that in the sense that they weren't all on the same page and it showed on the ice. Rick came in and he did what he had to do with Blake Wheeler. He had to do what he had to do to get that team leveled and buying into one idea, not six or seven. And they have completely bought into this guy. They trust him. They know he cares about him. And so when you take care of things off the ice and now when you explain the why, not the what, but the why, and your team believes you, now you got something to work with. That's what I've seen so far is the, the, the 20 guys on the ice, the 23 guys in the locker room, they all have one mind. They believe in what he is telling them because it's the truth, and that's what his biggest strength is. He always says he's not the smartest hockey man maybe in the world. I think he's extremely intelligent about knowing how his specific team has to play to their strengths. But what matters more to that is – your ability to take your message to your team and have them grab onto it with two hands and never let go. That's what I've seen to this point. That's why this, this Winnipeg Jets team feels like they've changed their culture. It, feel like, it feels like they've completely improved their room, and then all the things on the ice have followed in suit. It, it's been enjoyable to watch. Well, I'm curious uh, you know, how you think that might – how the future you – know, like, so I think when I think back to the end of last season, I think about all the discourse around the Winnipeg Jets throughout the off season. You know, it was okay. Shifley might not want to be there. He might want to go. And then Dubois came out and said that, yeah, in a couple of years, like I, I'm not going to be talking contract extension. And there was those, you know, negative storylines that were being discussed in within hockey circles and in the hockey media. Do you think that the success and the buy-in and maybe the camaraderie and the culture that's been built with Rick Bonus maybe could change, you know, their viewpoints and potentially this core could grow together for and be, you know, a long-term solution here? So what, what I would tell you with that is uh, without doubt that if things didn't change and they needed to and if they didn't find a way to get to where they are now, and of course it's midseason, they need to continue, that 
I think anybody that would have an opportunity to sign a big ticket and go to a winner, probably on the way out of town. I know I would be. I would look to, yeah, I want to cash in, but maybe more so I want to have a chance to win. So if, those, if you're not enjoying your days in Winnipeg and you've got no chance to win, I don't think you have a very good chance to keep your, your key players, your big free agents. Now is a different story, and there's no guarantee that Pierre-Luc Dubois will be in Winnipeg in two years or Mark Shifley. But the odds are much higher because, you know, these guys don't need money anymore. They want to get paid. There's no doubt they will. But what they really want to do, and this includes Rick Bonus, never won a Stanley Cup. A lot of good players go their entire careers without even having a sniff. So now if, you, if you've built yourself into a culture where, while we are one of the hardest teams to play against, we've got a chance to win, and their core stays together for a long period of time, I think any true hockey person, and I can tell you Mark Shifley and Pierre Dubois, those men are hockey nerds. They, they live it. They breathe it. The desire for them to win is deep. And so to answer your question, the ship has been righted so far. It's early, but uh, that gives you your best chance to keep players that want to win together. And uh, it's, it's a must. It's a necessity. And, and you know what? Everybody thought that maybe the best days of the Winnipeg Jets were behind them as far as this current core. To me, all of a sudden, it feels like they're ahead of them. Yeah, PLD had a completely different vibe when he was talking to the Montreal media earlier this week when they asked him about his contract. I heard Rick Bonus say that he's very dedicated to keeping PLD, so it feels like a totally different vibe in Winnipeg right now. Uh, one guy they do have signed long-term is Josh Morrissey, and he's having an unbelievable season. I love the nicknames that are flowing around in Winnipeg, too. Norrissey <laughs> just flows so well. How could you not? Yeah. Uh, apparently, well, I heard bonus say on overdrive that he didn't even know Morrissey was that good. How many people do you think he's surprising this year? Or do you think within the organization, it was understood how good he is? Yeah. I don't know that the word would be surprise. It's, it's been an evolution here. Like Josh, Josh has been good for a long time and I'll just take you back to his first two years in the NHL. I watched Josh a ton when he was in the Western hockey league and he was a offensive superstar. Then he comes into Winnipeg in his first two seasons he completely re- redefined himself as a defensive guy. He played alongside of Josh Truba, or um, Jacob Truba, pardon me, and now he's a shot blocker. He's, he's giving hits. He's taking hits. He's doing all the things that you would do as a shutdown D-man. And then he started to add layers to his game after he established trust in his coach at the time, Paul Maurice. So now he starts to add the offense. To me, this is a plan, and it takes maturity to be able to make that decision, to get good at what is not your strength. That's what Josh did. So now we're looking at a guy that identified himself as a defensive guy, and now he's adding what comes natural, and that's the offensive side. So when we say a 200-foot game, Josh Morrissey, it truly is, which is why he's part of the, the Norris conversation. But what I love about Josh and, and the relationship that he has with Rick is I get a chance to talk to Josh a lot, and, and he, he makes a point every time we talk to say that Rick challenges him to do more. So Sometimes Josh thinks he's making a safe play by just putting the puck into a safe area where they think they can get it back. And Rick is saying, listen, hold it. Make a play. Take a calculated risk. If you turn the puck over, we've got an answer. We've got the forwards that will cover for you. So Josh is being pushed now where he never has before to find more offense, find different ways to create offense. You'll see him do a spin around and hold the puck, look a guy off, you know, double clutch and make a pass. Brilliant highlight reel stuff nightly. And I think a lot of it has to do with Rick Bonus pushing him to be better and then the desire for Josh to want to grow all areas of his game. He's another one of those guys that just never settles for what's going on. He always finds – he's looking for the next step to be better. 
Uh, we're chatting with Kevin Sawyer, former NHL and TSN Jets color analyst. So we talked about Josh Norrissey. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, Connor Vesnabuck, which also nice. a terrific nickname. Nice, that nice, I've nice. Heard floated around there. Um, just speak to the importance of, you know, I mean, we've talked about bonus being a big part of the reason why this team has had the turnaround. You've got uh, PLD playing fantastic, obviously Mark Shifley, um, and then we just spoke on Josh Morrissey and his big turnaround. But I think maybe the biggest reason why this team is, is you know, struggled last year in a way and then is really having a surgence is, you know, Hellebuck is getting back to being that Vesna goaltender that we have come to see. I mean, can you speak to the importance of him refining his game and how that's allowed this team to really um, grow and, and hit that level of being at the top of the West? Yeah, I think that there's layers to the to the answer to this as well. And, and you touch back on what we already talked about, where first and foremost, for Connor Hellebuck, but for everybody, there's so much more joy coming to the rink where their, their, their plan is clear. This is who we are. This is who we need to be to be successful. And these guys... <laughs> You go in the locker room and it is a refreshing, it is an energetic interaction between these guys. So they're, they're having a ton of fun going to work every day. There's that. And then you talk about the way this team has, you know, if you look at specifically the way this team has gotten better on the ice, like if you look at a couple of tactics, it's cutting down on grade A opportunities. No goaltender faced more grade A opportunities and slot shots than Connor Hellebuck last year. And that's difficult. And for for the Jets team in front of him to provide predictability where he's got a pretty good idea as to where 90% of the shots are going to be coming from. So there's now trust built between the goaltender and the players and the players and the goaltender. Maybe in years past, it's been a little bit too much trust from the players to the goaltender, but maybe not as much trust from the goaltender to the players. And those are my words, not Connor Hellebuck's, but I think, I think it would be fair where this year, there would be a lot of balance in both where they're doing their job in front of him. He's doing the job behind them. And then you add to that where there's some times where every team gives up chances and there's going to be some great A's. Connor Hellbuck, I always describe him as being hydraulic where he, he practices with Wayne Flaherty, their goaltender coach religiously every day. And he's practicing repetition, repetition, but his ability to abandon structure and make athletic saves when needed is sometimes overlooked. So he's super structured goaltender, but he's got the ability to make some hockey card, I call them hockey card saves, and that does nothing but increase the confidence from the team in front of him. So now you've got a core of six, top six forwards that can score as good, if not better, than anybody in the league. And you've got a defensive core now that's found a new level and a new identity, led by Josh Morrissey. And then, and then now you've got Connor, was it Vesna Buck? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Finding, his, <laughs> finding maybe new heights as far as trust and confidence. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into this, a lot of things that need to go right for a team to be solid, and the relationship between goaltender and team is, is very strong. Yeah, if you kind of think about it, Winnipeg, the envy of the league right now, they have solid goaltending, something that everybody <laughs> wants, and, and especially having it in one guy that you can play night in and night out, a rarity around the league, and cap space in this economy. Nobody has cap space. Winnipeg's going to have $7 million in cap space at the deadline. What kind of player do you see them adding uh, to make an impact for a long playoff run here? You know, that's another really good question, and I've given this some thought. And, like, I, I remember back in 2003, I was with the Anaheim Ducks at the time. We were a team that limped into the playoffs uh, as an eight seed, and our general manager at the time, which was the, the late Brian Murray, um, 
he added a couple depth players. So Steve Thomas, Stumpy, and then Rob Niedermeyer. So these were guys that were kind of depth players, character players. They've kind of been there, done that. But it didn't shake up any kind of core. We didn't add a top six player. We didn't add a top four D-man. And then those guys had the ability to play up in the top six if needed with injury or whatnot. So what I think this – by the way, we lost in game seven of the Stanley Cup final to New Jersey. What I think this team needs is a depth experience forward that can play center or wing that has the skill set to fill in a top six role that can win faceoffs. If there's a weakness with this team – or an area that they need to improve in the most, it would be face-offs. They haven't been good this year. They've been good in the last week or so. I think they need a Stanley Cup champion because we don't have one of those in our room yet. Someone that's been there and says, okay, this is normal. Don't panic. This is what you go through. So to answer, the, the short answer is an experienced depth guy that has skill that's, that's won a cup. I, I really do think that that's something that, that would be of huge value to a room that doesn't know what it's like to win a championship. Yeah, a lot of stock in having those winners in the room. Sorry, if you go ahead. Well, I was just, I was just looking forty eight percent in the face off dot. So yeah, under fifty percent sounds a lot like a Ryan O'Reilly though. Potentially could could help out that. Ab's trying to sell him to Winnipeg. (laughs) They wouldn't say no. I mean, all all the rumors you hear all about the Jonathan Taves, who's a who's a from Winnipeg and he's on the last year of his deal. Who who knows? But uh, I mean, I I do think there would be huge value in a guy that's that's got a ring on his finger. At least one of them that's been there. Yeah, just before we let you go, Kevin, we became big fans of, of rising star Arbor Jackeye at the Memorial Cup this year. And then just like one of the most electric moves I've ever seen after a fight uh, against Winnipeg earlier this week when he grabbed the chet, grabbed the crest of the Montreal Canadiens logo and flashed it to the crowd. Like, what do you rank that move? It's just out of control. Well, you know what? I, I mean, as far as Arbor goes, uh this kid is so well-respected, so fast. And everything that I can tell, based on watching him with the Hamilton Bulldogs in the Memorial Cup and now in the NHL, he seems to have stayed the same. And that is a huge confidence, and he's got massive presence on the ice. And he doesn't back down from anybody. There's a difference between respecting your opponent and, and, and then maybe admiring your opponent. When you're a first-year guy in the NHL, sometimes you can be starstruck and you're not sure if you fit in. Am I tough enough? Am I good enough? (laughs) This guy knows that he is tough enough and good enough to play in the league, and that confidence, not arrogance, confidence comes out. So, you know, he pulls the the chest out of of his sweater. Hey, I don't think he's trying to show up anybody with that. I think that's just him saying, hey, I'm here to stay. I'm going to demand respect. And, and by the way, I I love the team I play for, too. So, so good. kudos to him as he, he is off to a great start to what I think will be a really long career. How's the fishing on Christina Lake in the summers? Hey, oh man, it is a little bit of bass, bass fishing, a little bit of trout fishing. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, I can go about 400 yards out of my driveway on my enduro motorbike, and I can be in the woods for about a week. It's, oh, <laughs> it's a love it. amazing. Tucked in the mountains, but it's, uh, I raised both my kids there. I was raised there, and... Uh, a pretty nice place to spend the summer i would imagine so it sounds absolutely amazing uh really appreciate taking the time to, to join us today kevin uh good luck on the call tonight enjoy it we'll uh, chat again soon love talking hockey with you guys thanks for having me absolutely there he goes kevin sawyer former nhler and tsn jets color analyst